Hello and welcome. It's the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your podcast. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. I want to say the band is back together, but we were together last week. We were just very far apart. And it was probably for the best because nobody needs to have what I had. And we're good. And we have so many things to talk about today. I don't even know where to start. Super wild card weekend. Yeah. They added a couple wild card teams. And so it's not wild card weekend anymore. It is super wild card weekend, which is a ridiculous title. Mm -hmm. And most years is incorrect, but it is factual this year. So many good games. I'm intrigued in all of them. And all of them have a hidden or not so hidden storyline. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, uh, let's let's go through the matchups here before we get to um, the coaching casualties and other casualties, as it were. So San Francisco in the NFC, as we know, has the bye. The Cowboys, your Cowboys, will host the Green Bay Packers. Talk the about Mike a McCarthy Bowl. The Mike McCarthy Bowl. Will he call worse plays because he's playing his former team? Um, then we have the Lions and the Rams in the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff Bowl in Detroit. Who needs that win more? Matt Stafford going back in Detroit or Jared Goff playing for a contract against the team that said, actually, you know what? We're going to divorce you and upgrade to a, to another wife now that we are uh, no longer poor, but we are rich that would be jared goff for me. okay because matthew stafford's already won one but but if matthew stafford wins this one now nah, but he's already won a super bowl gold jacket though gold jacket green jacket no um uh i think he's in anyway okay i think okay. i'd have to really go through it though i had a long thought about eli manning too and we, i know you guys did, you and show did that one day and that was uh, in or out man the guy literally only won playoff games when he won a Super Bowl. He was literally boom or bust. I'm not sure if that means you think he's in or he's out. I don't know. I have to weigh out what that means. See, I, Hall of Famer is like a meal that you've never tried before. On site, you can kind of tell, do I want this or not? Like, does this look appealing to me or not? I guess if I have to think about it, he probably isn't. Well, Flacco, in or out? Wins the Super Bowl this year. He's in for me. <laughs> the elite one. His work in progress. Yeah. Is he, by the way, do you see how long it took us to get to the last NFC playoff game? Because it's like, ah, do I really want to watch this? Bucks, Eagles, that'll finish off the week in the Monday nighter. And everybody's just like, hit your head against the table. Like, do I really want to watch this game? And I, I will. Because I suppose that's the game that doesn't have the built-in sexy storyline. The Vibes Bowl, the team that has won five of the last six against a team that has lost five of the last six. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to think of that game. I think it's going to be a bad game. Todd Bowles, bad... who's never had an expression on his face against Nick Sirianni, who is always... Oh, well, he's got an expression on his face. Crying or screaming. Did you see he gave, like, a Rocky speech about his locker room? Yeah, dude. In like, the press conference. Dude, oh, yeah, we know what we need to do. No, you don't because you're not doing it right now. You just lost to the Giants. We got players in there. Who all they do is fight. We got coaches in there who all they do is fight. We got support staff in there. Who all we do is fight. Like it 
we get it. Like, all you were waiting for was Adrian. The IT guy at the Eagles, all he's done his entire life is fight. Like we, yeah. Big Dom, yeah, we know. Yeah. Well, he got suspended. All he does want, is fight. I want to know what else Big Dom's been yeah. involved in. The problem is your team fights each other. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, man. that's that's not great. Um, and then in the AFC, as we know, Baltimore has the bye. My Buffalo Bills, AFC East champs. Wow. Will host the Pittsburgh Steelers in the William and Mary Bowl. Okay. I, I, was, like, but I was thinking when you said that one, ooh, I don't have a good angle for this one. The William and Mary Bowl. Talk to me. Yeah. It's uh, Sean McDermott well, and Mike Tomlin, former well, members of the William and Mary football team. At the t- same time, correct? Teammates? Yes, they were teammates. Uh, I want. I can't remember if they coached together after they were done school too. That I'm not sure. But they know a lot about each other. I will say that. Um, so that's the William and Mary Bowl. They know a lot about it. Like... If they're playing words with friends, they'd be good partners. Or what do you mean? They just know their tendencies. Like I, I'm pretty the sure dictionary partners at the, at the NFL. I'm not going meetings. I'm not going that. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe I don't know who would be better at words with friends. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to that matchup because I, I feel like it's going to be don't a, say it a UFC match. Like just who is going to submit? Who's going to tap out? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I'm not sure. I think it's a good thing. I like old school football. I don't know that the Bills can play old school. If the weather's bad, I may not watch the game because I know what happens to the Bills in bad weather games. You know the weather's going to be bad. Come on. What did we talk about this week? No snow. The script writer. The script. As if Bill Belichick's last game against the Jets, the team that he resigned for on a napkin and dominated and also filmed, by the way. We kind of just forget that part of his legacy. Um, Of course it was going to be a snowstorm where you could barely see. And it's the one game where they couldn't get the snow off the field. So the snow was on the field the entire time. Like, it, it, And his hoodie was up, so we couldn't see his face the entire time. You know it's going to be a bad weather football game. Bill Steelers. It has to be. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, Chiefs and Dolphins, uh, the rematch of the Munich Bowl from earlier this year. Oh, right, yes. yes. Um, Old genius versus new genius? Something like that, yeah. And, I mean, it's the Tyreek Hill Bowl at the yes. end of the day. all right, of course. Um, is Tyreek Hill even going to be healthy? Because he certainly didn't look healthy last night. Well, he will be motivated because you mentioned the Munich Bowl. His rematch against his former team was in a different continent. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. he gets to have that rematch yep. back in, in Arrowhead. Arrowhead in mm. Kansas City. Did not look healthy. But he's funny because like he didn't look healthy until he did. Like he was running around, jumping high. Yeah, catching I know, stuff. What, and, I know and what you're saying. He would fall and limp off the field. Just wait, how did you just run that speed out and jump like 10 feet in the air? And then as soon as you fell, you couldn't walk anymore. I'll, I'll tell you what Tyreek Hill is. He's the guy like, uh, I didn't make the catch. So now I have now an I'm excuse hurt. as to why I didn't make that catch. I'm just saying that. I say that in jest. Relax. I know he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Which is worse though. And, and listen. Slow-mo replay has done no favors to many people in the football community. What's worse is when, and this didn't happen to Tyreek, I'm just using it as an example, when they do the slow-mo and you can see that the wide receiver or tight end, I don't want to label, it dropped the ball before they got hit. Like they were bracing for being hit and it was a clear drop and then they got hit anyways. Yeah. Which, note, kids, like you're going to get hit anyways, you might as well catch the football. Alligator arm it. And and then they they you know exaggerate and limp off the field because it's like, oh, I got hit so hard. My pride hurts. It's 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 not my fault <laughs> I couldn't hold on. Like I like the ball was literally separated from me. No, actually, you dropped it. Yeah, yeah. 
a slow-mo does not do anybody any favors not referees, pretty much ever. Sure. Uh, and then how about this one? The Deshaun Watson bowl that he's not even playing in. Yeah. The Texans versus the Browns. I do want to have a conversation about, about the Houston Texans. How both quarterbacks are better than him? Oh, that's no question. No question. It is non-negotiable that at this particular moment, CJ Stroud, that goes without saying, and Joe Flacco, the elite Joe Flacco, or as do you are you a big stand up guy? I, I do like stand up. You have a, a Cat Williams take? You'd like to I don't. Us? I don't even okay, I don't even know what happened. I just saw that Cat Williams did something and I didn't even look into it. Uh have you ever heard of uh, Stavros Halkis? I have not. Okay, he's this big fat Ron Jeremy looking comedian. And he does an impression of like a hardcore Baltimore Ravens fan with the Baltimoreese or Baltimoreese accent. Sure. And he calls him Joe Flacco. And he does the whole thing through it. He's like, I don't want to see Joe Flacco in the playoffs. And he does a whole bit. Like, it's it's pretty brilliant. He does it on his Instagram. It's pretty funny. Um, for those that don't know about the Baltimore accent, it's very distinct. Especially the O's. Very distinct. Uh, Scott Van Pelt actually I know I'm getting way off topic here Scott Van Pelt when he was hosting his radio show used to have Tim Kirkjian on mm -hmm. and he used to do the Baltimore accent for Tim Kirkjian I'm going to play it for you in the break he cannot contain his laughter and Tim Kirkjian has a one of the laugh. greatest laughs of all time so I will find that for like you like a cackle yeah pretty much uh, okay so we have some uh, news it's not quite breaking although um Someone in Atlanta really took the um, Monday thing to heart. Um, ready for ready for these, Donovan? I, I am. Arthur Smith. Yeah. 12.01. They sent out the press release. Scott Fitterer, GM of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And last, well, won't be last because there's going to be more. Uh, this one we saw coming. Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera. Yeah! And it, a, and it's you're early. hired for the Commanders? We don't. We don't. We don't have a hired for consultants. Bob Myers, former NBA world champion, four-time NBA champion. And former Vikes GM Rick Spielman uh, to help to search for the head of football ops and the head coach. I heard Magic Johnson's in there too. Magic well, Johnson well, is a, in everything a like a owner. dirty shirt. He's a part of owner. So how much money did Magic Johnson put into this sale? Honestly, just like he sprinkle just, a little something on it. Yeah, just like Magic Johnson put all that money into the L.A. Dodgers. I doubt it. Hey Amen. When you're part of the group project, you all get the same mark. That's an expensive group project. So let's start out with the Arthur Smith one because there's another storyline that goes with this. So to no one's, uh, at least not to my surprise, when Arthur Blank said, we believe in Arthur Smith and he's our guy, that was the kiss of death. That was like three, two weeks ago or whatever it was. That should have told you all that you needed to know because that never works out in a coach's favor. Then yesterday happens. They get absolutely trounced by the New Orleans Saints. And then at the end of the game, Arthur Smith is bleep bleeping Dennis Allen as he's walking across the field to give him a handshake, which there was no handshake, and yelling at Dennis Allen because they ran up the score and scored a touchdown on a fake kneel. 
Now, Dennis Allen said afterwards, and players admitted as much, that wasn't my call. I did not. I told them to take a knee. And Jameis Winston is out there answering questions as the team <laughs> spokesman asking reporters, well, what would you have done in that situation? The reporter says, I would have taken a knee because that's what you should do. Jameis Winston. Wait, wait, wait. Jameis said it was a team decision. It was a team decision, yes. But Jameis Winston admitted he went into the huddle and said, all right, guys, what do you want to do? <laughs> what? What is happening here? So this is multifaceted for me, and we, we're going to get to Arthur Smith. Don't you worry about it. Two things here. One, Jameis Winston for undermining the head coach. I don't care that Jamal Williams did not have a touchdown all year. He had 17 last year. He made up for not having any this year. Okay, so now he has one. Big whoop-de-doo. Jameis Winston, by doing that, completely undermines the head coach. If Jameis Winston ever thought that he had a chance to start football games from here on out for the rest of his career, he is now sadly mistaken. Because you cannot do that to a head coach. You can't. I'm sorry. Because other head coaches are going to look at, why do I want that guy here? He's not good enough for me to bring him in and go, well, this is an elite backup because he's not. Okay. So that's a bad look for that part. The other thing is if you are the new Orleans saints, how do you not fire Dennis Allen? Your players respect you so much that they basically went against your wishes in what basic, what most people would do in that situation. And that is take the knee. Don't fake the knee. I don't know how the new Orleans saints do not relieve Dennis Allen of his coaching duties at this point because he's lost the room. If it was a quote-unquote team decision, like Jameis Winston says, I don't know how you keep him around. A couple things. Some things are a team decision and some things aren't. They're just wrapped in a package that says team decision. If I go home and my wife is out and I say, hey, boys, do you happen to want birthday cake for dinner? It's nobody's birthday, uh, but do you want birthday cake? Yes, Dad. I mean, that was a team decision, but I kind of put it on a platter for them. If you ask your offensive lineman and your running back, hey, you guys kind of want to score? They're going to say yes. And and furthermore, listen, I hate when people complain about these unwritten rules that need to be written down somewhere because nobody is on the same page for them ever we have vigilante justice in, in multiple sports in the one that you cover after the show hockey for sure uh but baseball we're, we're out here beating people or throwing inside and and you slid too hard this time but wasn't hard enough that time the unwritten rules are just dumb just play the game however one of the unwritten rules is listen if the game's over it's over and, and we're in victory formation so that's run a play we're gonna kneel it out i'm gonna look you in the eye and I'm trust that you're not going to come off the ball and blast me into my kneecaps. Mm -hmm. So let's just all be adults here. The game literally is over. If you run a play in that scenario, you're a jerk. Mm -hmm. If they wanted to line up in the eye and That's run fine. it down the road, some people would have an issue with it. I would not be one of them because it's, it's I should feel bad for you that you got your yeah. butt whooped. Yeah, 100%. That's, if you don't like it, stop us. Or It's the deception. Or, or make the game closer for the other Three and a half quarters. So so that's one thing. I think you are entirely correct. I think Jameis Winston, who remarkably, his NFL legacy, because his, his college legacy is um, 
uh, dark, uh, his NFL legacy as a number one overall pick. People forget, like, we thought he was going to be a Peyton Manning level pocket passer. Number one recruit uh, coming out of high school, defects, was supposed to go to Alabama, goes to FSU, wins the national championship. First overall pick in the 2015 draft that in hindsight looks terrible because the second overall pick is Marcus Mariota. His legacy might be that I think on one dumb play followed by one unintentionally hilarious and dumbfounding post-game conversation where he tried to justify his actions and told on himself and told on his coach, I think he got two coaches fired. Because I think Arthur Smith's irrational reaction to that, when you have bigger fish to fry, you are now 7-10 three years in a row after three years in a row, taking skilled players in the lottery and them not getting better, in, 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 in not in the lottery, in the high draft, and that's what your beef is, that's one. So I think Arthur Smith, I think there's a reason why Arthur Blank sat in on his press conference last night and then before the clock turned, fired him because he's like, your team's an embarrassment, but you, as an individual, are an embarrassment. Yeah, couldn't talk your eye out of that one, eh, Arthur? And then to your point, when Jameis told you that the polls are in, and yeah, we don't really respect what our head coach has to say, Jeez. even in victory. I think the Saints now have to say, man, like, if we were on the fence, Ty goes to the guy who has no control of his locker room. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think you're both fired. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely should be both fired. Um so for Arthur Tough Smith. Tough for your NFC South take to start the year. The Saints were there, though. They, they were, were there. They were. Your take should have been that all the coaches were going to be fired, not that all the teams could, would be over 500. Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, I don't think Todd Bowles is going to get fired now, but three of the four. Yeah, well, two I, down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that's ever happened. We'll ask our friends at Sportsnet stats about that, but I don't know that that's ever happened. Um, so for Arthur Smith here, that's it, right? Like we're we're done with this. Like there's Ooh, wait. No, no, no. As no, a head no, coach, no, as a head coach. No, 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 no. Stop. He's not he's no, Jeff Fisher. No, 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 no. Well, Jeff Fisher got another opportunity. Um you you love to mention the fact that he doesn't have to be coaching football. Yeah, he's, why would he he's want got to? A, why would a you parachute want a shoot that he can just use at his disposal? Um you mentioned the the DMV and talking about uh, Maryland and Baltimore. Let's, let's go over to D.C. Let's go over to Washington. You mentioned they're, they've got a hiring firm, a bunch of consultants to hire a coach. That franchise, their stadium, who's it sponsored by? No, don't do this to me. Who's it sponsored by again? FedEx. Okay. Are there, are there Smith's family company? Do they own? So, so wait, does... Does this now put the debt back on Arthur Blank and Home Depot that they have to pay off their debts? To I guess. Because actually, somebody pointed out to me that I hate that I'm doing this. That that Home Depot, their biggest shipper is FedEx. That's amazing. It's too on the nose, right? It's too on the nose. We're just gonna, listen. <laughs> we're just gonna end up re, forget about the cities. We're just gonna rename the teams by the bigger company that owns them. So the I mean, Atlanta Home Depots, yeah, the New England Patriot Crafts, the Denver Walmarts, yeah, we might have to. The although the Commanders the may New go York on, Johnson and Johnsons, 
The commanders are going to, who knows, they may change their name again anyway. There was that talk too. They should have just stuck with the Washington football team. 100%. It was outstanding. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was certainly better than commanders because that's like the worst name ever. That and the Guardians in Cleveland. Anyway. Can I give you a low-key name to watch for the commander's job? Because I was, you know, somewhat kidding about uh, Arthur Smith basically getting a job via nepotism in the NFL. Mm. Um, you know who's from that area? One Bill Belichick. No. Why? What I do you mean no? I don't see it. You need an organization that will give him... Total control. Well, hold on, they'll, though. They'll do it. Hold on, though. He did mention in his press conference yesterday that he would be willing to relinquish control of the personnel decisions if that's what the organization decided. So maybe Bill finally said, like, I'm over 70 years old. I don't have time for this. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. The New England defense certainly wasn't the problem this year. The offense was the problem. The New, the New England defense was outstanding. The When you look at them... You know, average points per drive, number one. Uh, average starting position, uh, average field position when defending, worst. So they, they did the most with the least. And quite frankly, his coaching job on the defensive end is even more impressive when you consider, one, the amount of injuries that they yeah, had. No Matthew and Judon two, was huge. the lack of depth they had because he's a terrible GM. Yeah. So He did it to himself. He did. Yeah, no Christian Gonzalez for the most uh, better part of the season. No Matthew Judon. Uh, Lance said that he wants to go to a sunny climate so he could go on, get his paper with his shirt off. <laughs> Tarps off Bill Belichick. I mean, <laughs> I, I, well, the, the, if I'm Bill Belichick, you know the job I want? Atlanta. I've got skill position players. I, I the can, defense is is actually I know yesterday they didn't show as much, but I think there's some talent on that defense too. Jesse Bates, great safety. The defense has improved. That's really the only thing Arthur Smith could say to save his job. Then the rebuttal would be, "Well, you're not a defensive guy, so nice try." Um, we just but, got we just got to get a quarterback in here. But Arthur Blank, who is you know one of the now at this point legacy owners, has been obsessed with. The New England Patriots. When you look at Thomas Dimitrov, twenty-eight to three, Pioli, the fact that he lost to them and lost to Bill, he has tried to build uh, his own version of the Patriots. Even the hiring of Arthur Smith was because he's hiring him off of Mike Vrabel's staff, someone that he respected. Now Vrabel himself could be a free agent, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if if that is a marriage of Bill going to Atlanta because the, the skill position player. The, the one thing Bill could not figure out at the end was getting. Skill guys. Well, you've got him. Now you just oh, need and, a and Johnny Smith is there. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Can't forget about that. Uh, actually, I never thought about Atlanta as a spot. I think that's actually a really interesting spot. Well, you never thought of it because, like, him wearing, like, cool colors just seems odd. Yeah, Bill doesn't seem like the cool guy. I still would love to see Bill Belichick do TV, though. He comes in and his first decision is to make the uniforms worse. Like these are too flashy. We need to tone this down. Just block numbers. Can we can we get a can we get a less bright shade of red in here? How about like a Merlot with the jersey? That seems like it would be a lot better. Um Can we get Ludacris and T.I. off the sidelines? <laughs> <please? laughs> now you're now you're killing me over Just here. Do your damn job. Um so with Atlanta, they get I think they have the eighth overall pick again. I think that's four straight years. That's pretty impressive. Or three straight years. Arthur Smith. No, it's three straight years. 
Arthur Smith went seven and ten, three straight years, and then gets them the eighth overall pick, three straight years. What offensive play? They're taking a quarterback. Like I, I could see them as one of those teams outside the top five that tries to trade into the top five to get a quarterback. That makes too much sense, right? Yeah, I mean the the flip side is there are so many good quarterbacks in this draft that you could just sit there and have one fall to you. I guess, yeah. Unlike, but it depends. Like, how many? I know you haven't done a deep dive into this draft class, but how many quarterbacks do you think are going in the first round? Because I think there's six, but I'm not willing to take six in the top eight. No, but I don't think you. Although it depends if one ends up uh, declaring, and that would be JJ McCarthy. Because Michael Penix is obvious. Well, he has no choice. Well, I, I think y- your friend Jim Harbaugh is going to help make J.J. McCarthy's choice for him because I don't think he's going back. By, by the way, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN reporting that Jim Harbaugh is at the top of the Chargers list in terms of potential head coaches. Who could have predicted that? Nobody. Nobody could have predicted that. Anyway. Um, yeah, that game is tonight, by the way. That's going to be a lot of fun. Michigan and Washington. A lot of pros in that game. When yep. you, when you, well, two of the quarterbacks that potentially we're talking about are in that game with J.J. Uh, McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. We actually talk about um, the six QBs that, you know, could have a first-round grade on them, may not all go in the first round because of supply and demand. In the most recent episode of the Going Deep podcast, produced by Show Ali, we talked to Adam Rittenberg. Listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, shameful plugs. I don't really have that much shame. Um, look, Atlanta's eight. Tennessee ahead of them. Are they going to no. draft another quarterback? No. The Giants, I sure hope so. They will. Because I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. Chargers at five don't need a quarterback. It seems like everyone in Arizona is in love with Kyler Murray. So let's it's, say the reports are that they're going to run it back with them for one more, at least one more year. So let's say no for now. New England, you'd have to imagine. Yes. Washington, most yes, likely you're at two. Him. And then the big question is one with Chicago. And why don't we say yes at one? Because if Chicago is not selecting a quarterback, Somebody is. someone's moving up in that spot to select a quarterback. I actually think, talking about post-game press conferences, we got a little hint that Chicago is drafting a quarterback because Justin Fields essentially said goodbye to the Chicago fans and the media as if he knows he's not going to be there. Has he done enough to show you that there's promise and he could be a franchise quarterback? I think so, yes. But has he made it an unequivocal decision? No. And the fact that they, last year, in a very similar position, said... No, we're good. And C.J. Stroud immediately became one of the best QBs in the league. I don't think they can two years in a row say, all right, people are going to compare him now not only to his own class but to C.J. Stroud. We can't say no to Drake May and Caleb Williams because they're really good and he is just meh and we have to pay him big money before we'd have to pay those guys big money. That's how you get yourself fired. So I actually think they do move on from him and they draft a quarterback. But – to answer your original question, that is one, two, three teams at the top drafting a quarterback. And then after that, it's just the Giants. Arizona, no. Chargers, no. And Tennessee, no. Now, again, this is all fluid because people can move into those spots. Well, that, that was, gonna, yeah, like a team like the Raiders could move in to get a quarterback. 
Um, the Broncos, well, actually, no, the Broncos can't because they don't have any draft capital left after they traded for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. So they're out. Um, Minnesota's interesting at 11, depending on what happens with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I wonder if Cousins goes back for a year. I think so. I think that's a marriage of convenience. It's one of those things where you're, you know, in your mid-30s and your buddies are like, and she's all right, might as well just settle down. Not gonna do any better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look at you. You're not gonna do any better. Um, here's a here's a question that I have. I and I just thought of this as you were talking about the Bears and that first overall pick. If the Bears trade down to th- three, let's say, with New England, they re- they get a bunch of picks, get some assets. Could you still see them drafting a quarterback at three? Like if there's a guy that they are enamored with because Let's say Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr. Those would probably be the two because I'd imagine that Drake May is going to. Could you see them drafting a quarterback and still trading Justin Fields after they've traded out of the first pick? Because what are you getting for Justin Fields at this point? A second and a third round pick? Maybe. Maybe you get a first. I doubt it. Well, remember, they also, we're talking about the top eight. They also draft at nine. So you get a couple swings at it. They could do that and not even draft a quarterback there. If whoever they like, let's say they love Bo Nix. Doesn't he sound Bo Nix? <laughs> I think that's how we have to say it from now. Is he a varsity blues quarterback? You're a starting quarterback now, Mox. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, well look, at, look at that name. What's your name, kid? My name is Bo Nix. It has to be the way you say it. He was born to play quarterback at Auburn. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but had a great career at Oregon. I think they could, in that scenario, if if I'm the general manager, in that scenario, I'm saying, hello, Marvin Harrison Jr., welcome to the franchise, and then waiting and actually taking, hopefully, whatever quarterback I like or still available at nine. Because, again, this is we're having a circular conversation. They all can't go uh, that early. So, Well, they can do like what the um, the Eagles did. I think it was the Eagles. When they traded back, acquired a first round, an extra first round pick, and then used that to move up from their original draft slot. Right. Like you could do that. Like if they, you know, they they acquire whatever, they get three, they get an additional first, they move, they, you know, can do whatever, and then still use nine and a pick to move up to whatever if they see their guy is there. You know who loves uh, trading down and stockpiling additional draft picks? Bill Belichick does. Bill Belichick. Boy, does he ever. And then he still drafts a guy that went, goes 120 picks ahead of where he should have been. Right, yeah. Which is an, in, that's an incredible talent to have. Um, okay, let's get through these other ones a, a little bit quickly here. Uh, Scott Fitterer, GM of the Panthers, he's gone. Um, I mean, I can't really, it's not really a surprise. I'm just, I think I'm just more surprised that they didn't lop off him and Frank Reich at the same time. They knew they were going to do it. This is also David Tepper just being a horrible, horrible business manager at the football level. I think it's him throwing up a flare. As Did a he throw a drink at him before he fired him? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I hope. Is this the real housewives? I hope not. <laughs> I, I honestly feel like this is saying, hey, don't believe what you read. These guys wanted Bryce Young. And actually, it wasn't the owner meddling. And I'm actually going to remove them from this scenario and start fresh because I don't want 
how bad this has gone on my resume as an owner, which it is, I am going to say it's on them. Problem is you hired them. You did not inherit them. We're now going through your second or third, depending on which role we're talking about, cycle of hiring already. So, yeah, it seems like unless you are clearing the decks for someone who would want control of both. A Jim Harbaugh, a Bill Belichick. But who wants that job? Do you want, like, if you're, if you're a guy coming in, do you want that job for not only for that owner, but you don't have a first round pick this year. Your team sucks. And your quarterback is like, well, we don't know exactly how good he is at the NFL level. Very true. There's only 32 of them. That's true. But that, that to me feels like a young guy getting a shot at the, at both jobs. Like a young, uh, up-and-coming guy for the GM job, up-and-coming guy for the head coaching job. It's true, but that's what the money's for. This is someone who has more money than Scrooge McDuck. He can, there is no cap on what you play coaches or executives. That's how he got Matt Rule and then is still paying Matt Rule. And he's still paying Frank Reich. And who's the next coach he's still going to be paying? Yeah, I mean, he could spend to a level that makes people think about it the other thing is we've seen this in other sports. We've seen this in, in basketball. People continue to take the New York Dicks jobs, assuming like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to be the one that changes yeah, the James Dolan. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, it's going to be yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, no, Phil Jackson. It's yeah. not going to be you. It's not going to be Jeff no Jeff <laughs> It's not going to be no Derek Fisher, no Isaiah Thomas. It's not going to be you. This is, this is who he is. And it's earlier in... Tepper's tenure with Carolina, but I think someone could convince himself. Yeah, no, I I could be the person. David Tepper looks like the guy that when he sees head coaches, he goes, you look like my future ex-wife. <laughs> That's what he does with head coaches. It's the same thing. Uh, no, he also we, makes that noise too. Yeah, he does. Uh, okay, we got to take a break. When we come back, more of the fan check down. We're going to talk about them Houston Texans and what the heck were the Indianapolis Colts thinking? Along with what the heck are the Jags going to be thinking after that, what are we going to call it? Debacle of a fi- of a, a losing streak to finish the season? Yeah, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we're going to talk about all that and more when we come back. This is the Fan Checkdown. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett. We'll be back after this. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your podcasts. And we've got lots to get to here before we end the show. So the Houston Texans had a monumental win on Saturday against the Indianapolis Colts. I don't want to say it was the biggest win in franchise history, but it was pretty darn close considering where this franchise has been over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, it was, it was led by CJ Stroud. It was led by D'Amico Ryans, both rookies at their positions. And it was an impressive job by the Houston Texans before we have have at the Houston Texans and the job that everybody's done there. I'm going to ask you a really dumb question. What 
in God's name was Shane Steichen thinking having Tyler Goodson on the field and not Jonathan Taylor is one. Even Zach Moss in that spot. Like, what is happening here? You don't think a running back with six catches on the year should be the got-to-have-it guy in the backfield? Nope. Listen, I when I saw them line up, first when I saw Taylor coming out of the game. You were like, huh? And when I saw them line up, I thought it was a mistake. Did he not have his helmet? Did something happen? Well, he was hurt. Earlier in the game, hurt his heel, wasn't 100%, but when that drive was running it well. Ran it, for 182 yards. I felt he should have been on the field for the sole reason that if he is, remember, short yardage, you still have a live run threat if he's on the field. Now, mm-hmm. they elected to pass, and in this case, elected to pass to a running back. And before you get into it, I will say, the play call itself worked, was good. Just not who was on the field. But I, I agree. And I would have, I think he should have been on the field. And I think that was a mistake. The reason why I can't criticize the mistake that much is because if he's on the field, does that help Gardner Minshew throw a ball <laughs> accurately? No. A ball that should it be catchable or someone in the NFL. Sure. But it was not a good pass in a scenario where he was not under pressure. It's literally the easiest throw he had to make all day, and he kind of choked. So then that brings me even further to my point of having Jonathan Taylor on the field. You need one yard. The guy got you 182 before that point. On 30, you you had the wherewithal to give him 30 carries before that point. Just give him the ball. Like, Tyler Goodson just proved to the Indianapolis Colts who had to do this, why you pay good running backs. Because bad ones can't make plays in big moments. But on the play prior, they gave him the ball. And he and, went out of bounds. Uh, and, and, but more importantly, they were, sh- they were short of the yards to gain. And so, it, I listen, I am a tush-push, run-the-ball-in-short-yardage person. I dropping back and throwing it and adding all types of elements that could go wrong. You could get a procedure, you could get a holding, could be incomplete, could be picked, could be strip sack fumble, or you could just hand the ball off and try to get one yard. However, the only reason why I fail to be as angry as you is because the play did work. Like if, if he catches it and knifes up field and gets the first down and gets out of bounds, we're not talking about this play. And in fact, we're saying great, great play call. But, but how many times do you put the ball in the hands of guys that should not have the ball in their hands that it actually works out well for you in big spots like that? It almost never works. We saw it in the Lions game when they threw it to James Mitchell and not to Sam Laporta or Amon Ross St. Brown or Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery or Josh Reynolds or Jameson. Literally went down the list. Of all the guys that I would want to have the ball in that spot, on the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., give me uh, Josh Downs, give me Zach Moss. Four guys before I even got a sniff at Tyler Goodson. 
The pro- problem is it's not basketball where we can just ISO, clear it out, give you the ball. You're going to drive to the hole, get a basket, or at least get fouled. Well, you can with your running back. Just give them the ball. The the, the scenario, though, because here's the thing. At the end of the game, when it's got to have it, and, you know, somehow Mahomes finds Kelsey, and we say to ourselves, how do you not double and triple team Travis Kelsey? He's the guy you need to stop. And so in these scenarios, you call a play, and the defense is going to dictate who they take away. And then it's incumbent upon the other people who are getting paid to make the play that is given to them. Those great players either make them if they are isolated or they draw attention for others to, which is why my issue is somewhat similar, somewhat different. Taylor's the great player that's not even in the game. You're not even getting the value of him forcing them them to have a stacked box, which makes you want to throw it. Yeah. You know, uh, Using him as a decoy, having them overreact. So, um, one that certainly first year head coach, um, Shane Steichen will think about for a long time. Here's what we do know. The future is bright in Indy because they shouldn't have even been there. And they were without their quarterback, the guy who's supposed to lead them going forward. Okay, now on the other side of the ball, CJ Stroud goes 20 of 26, 264 yards, Two touchdowns. Nico Collins was a beast. The Houston Texans win the AFC South shockingly. I thought they were going to be better than most people thought. I couldn't envision they were going to be this good. A lot of props have been given to D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud, as they should. But I haven't heard enough props for the job that Nick Casario has done with this team. Nick Casario... Look at the draft record. He's brought in guys like he went. He took Derek Stingley ahead of Sauce Gardner. Okay, Derek Stingley is very good. He drafted Jalen Petrie. He drafted C.J. Stroud. He then traded back into the draft to get Will Anderson. A move that people were like, "Oh, why? Oh, how could you do that?" Will Anderson's a stud. Drafted Tank Dell. Could you imagine what that offense would be like playing in the playoffs with Tank Dell? And there's a plethora of other guys that he's that he's um, drafted. Let's also not forget that this is the guy who had to deal with the Deshaun Watson situation. And and how is this going to work out? And and what's going to happen here? And all of these questions. And you no, know, he's not in the lineup again. No, yes, he's healthy, but he's not playing. And all of these things. Nick Casario, for an organization that isn't highly thought of around the league, has done a fantastic job. Oh, by the way, he hired D'Amico Ryans too. You know, he's a guy who came from New England and there were a lot of questions about, well, you know, how much work did he do? How much of the involvement did he have in the decisions? Whatever. Nick Casario has done a great job with this Houston Texans team. They are way ahead of schedule and they're only going to get better here. Like this is a good young roster, talented receivers. They got, they signed Dalton Schultz, who's been a, a great addition for them, especially for a young quarterback. And I know that, you know, if they don't have C.J. Stroud playing the way they do, they're probably not making the playoffs. But he went ahead, drafted him, fell into his lap, let's say it. I think Nick Casario is executive of the year. It's a great one. Gets Nico Collins in the third round in 2021. How good does that draft pick look? I don't think anyone, when they saw him play at Michigan, projected he would be the type of player he is right now. Robert Woods is a nice free agent pickup, as you mentioned, gets some veteran in that offense, along with uh, Dalton Schultz. You can say the same 
for Noah Brown. This is a team that really hasn't had the benefit of a uh, healthy John Mechie Jr. So I really like the job that uh, that he has done. Also, uh, former Patriot. How many quarterbacks would you take ahead of C.J. Stroud right now in the NFL? This is no prep, by the way, out there. I'm literally putting Donovan on the spot here. Well, yeah, it's funny because I was thinking about him stylistically in relation to Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Type of way he plays, sneaky athletic in the pocket, very accurate, strong arm. And then I said to myself, Joe Burrow is, is turning 28. CJ Stroud is 23, I believe. And if he's this good already, he's 22. Yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be 23 in October. In October. So he's he's 22 for a while. I I don't outside of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I don't know if there's any quarterback I would take over C.J. Stroud. Now you, you can squint and say, oh well, I prefer Josh Allen. He gives you that run factor, and he's the heartbeat of the team. Oh, you know what? there's Joe Burrow has done it in the playoffs for multiple years. Like I, I get it. And, and God bless you. But all of the up and coming quarterbacks, right? The guys who were knocking on the door, that tier, let's, let's go in the division. I'll take CJ Stroud over Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So we, we thought that Justin Herbert was going to be that next guy. And God take CJ Stroud over Justin Herbert. Yep. So yeah, he's he's right there already for me. That's scary. Eh? I, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, I'd probably still take Allen over him only because of the athleticism. But CJ Stroud as a passer is fantastic. I, I want to get to I want to get to this uh, before we we take off here. Mention Trevor Lawrence in there. There's a lot of questions about the Jags that maybe we didn't have when they were eight and three, and one of the biggest ones is. You are picking up Trevor Lawrence's fifth-year option. That's a no-brainer. But are you extending him right now? Because I'm not. Like, he has not shown me enough. And I understand he was battling injury, but this is more than this week. This is more than yesterday's game against the Titans. I don't know that there is enough of a body of work there to be giving him 50-plus million dollars a season because that's what he's going to be asking for, and he doesn't deserve it. Here's the issue I have. With extending him. When is it going to be better than this? When is it going to be better than this right now? He has Evan Ingram. 114 catches this year. Second most by a tight end ever. Mm -hmm. Have we ever mentioned his name on this show since the beginning? I don't think we have. Maybe once. Maybe. Maybe. Travis Etienne Jr. Third best running back in fantasy. Calvin Ridley. Oh, you know what? He steps out of bounds a couple times too often. ATDs. Ends up going over 1,000 yards. Kirk, say Jones, how many quarterbacks would line up for that skill position group? Yep. Patrick Mahomes would, would get oh, out of bed for that group. Patrick Mahomes would move to Jacksonville for that group. CJ Stroud moved to Jacksonville for that group. Like <laughs> the, he, there's, he's, he's got what we think is a good offensive play caller. And maybe we need to question that, but the man took Nick Foles to a Super Bowl and won it. He's got Skill position players around him. Has his defense been amazing? They've been hot and cold, but they've been the better unit over his time in, in Jacksonville. 
to be eight and three and then go one and five down the stretch, worst record in December in the AFC, that the, the quarterback has to own some of that. He does. Um, here's the other thing. The, the Jags have to make a decision on Calvin Ridley here too. And if they sign him to an extension, they have to pay Atlanta a second round pick. What are you doing with that? Because I'm not going to lie. Like Calvin Ridley had his moments. That's for certain. But the guy's almost 30 years old. Not sure that I'm extending Calvin Ridley here if I'm them. They have some money locked up. I would much rather use the second round pick that you would be trading to Atlanta in that deal and use it on a wide receiver. Yeah, this is often when you stay at the at the craps table too long and spend bad money after bad. We traded for him, so we have to justify the trade. So we're going to extend the player to justify the fact that we traded him in the first place and then give up more capital to the team we traded him to. Yikes. It's not a position that I want to be in. Listen, I'm not saying that the it's all doom and gloom for the Jags, but that was as bad of a stretch as we've seen from a team that was, you know, once considered a, a contender at eight and three. Uh, that's going to do it for us today on the fan checkdown tomorrow. Oh boy. We've got lots to get to uh, the Miami dolphins are frauds. We got to talk about uh, the Buffalo bills. We got to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, the green Bay. Pat- There's lots to get to. So you got to tune in tomorrow. Thanks to Lance behind the glass, Donovan across the table. Thank you to all of you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with the fan checkdown. Bye-bye.